This was the largest audience to ever witness an inauguration, period. I believe that the president has learned from this case. It's going to disappear. One day it's like a miracle. It will disappear. Lindsey Graham said, let's let the next president make that nomination, and you could use my words against me. As far as the ballots are concerned, it's a disaster. Will you who shut is up, man? Listen, who Welcome to Facts and Friends. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Facts and Friends. My name is Tino, and with me as always is my friend and Zoom call stealth masturbation expert, Judson. Well, I, I, I feel attacked. <laughs> Why do you feel attacked, Judson? I don't know. I just, I like Tubin. I'm, 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 I'm sad he turned out to be... I was going to say problematic, but that's not really the word here because this is way worse than problematic. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to get to that. We're going to yeah. get to that. Sure. But before we do, you and I talked a little bit about what we wanted to cover in this week's show, and we both agreed that we kind of have debate fatigue. I think everyone has debate fatigue, but yes, definitely the two of us. Yeah, for all three weeks that we've been back on the air, we've spent entire segments talking about debates or town halls, and we just don't want to do it again. And in all honesty, I think I shared this last time how much I hate debates, or maybe all the times. I don't know. Whenever I said it, I don't like debates because they don't do anything. No one really has their minds changed by debates, in, in my opinion. Is that your take on the debate? Do you have a specific take on, on what went down? My take was Trump kept himself under control more than the first debate. Sure. Biden got in some good licks, I thought. A little bit here and there, yeah. But for the most part, I'd say I'd say Biden did what he had to do, which was not screw up too badly. And Trump did what all he could do, I guess. But I think he's got too much ground to make up for one mediocre human-like performance to do anything yeah so that's that's where i would say i stand okay i mean i'm not far off from where you are i think i think my evaluation of biden's performance wouldn't be quite as rosy as yours go figure (laughs) but he did have his moments i thought you know halfway through the debate that trump was winning and bear in mind that you know i know trump is lying and trump is not winning me over when i make that assessment i'm trying to look at it from the lens of the average person who doesn't feel as strongly as I do. The average idiot, sure. Sure, yeah. I, I mean, look, if you don't have strong feelings about this, then you're not paying attention. But then Biden, yeah, like you said, he landed some punches. He, When he was getting like passionate, I thought those were his stronger moments. I thought overall the moderating was way, way, way better. Sure. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't mention that, but yes. But Biden was still Biden, you know? He called the Proud Boys the Poor Boys. and just I like that name better. <laughs> yeah, people tried to embrace it, but it was just a it was a mistake. mistake. It yeah. was just a mistake. It was. So anyway, a little bit after the debate that I thought we could share, we're gonna I wanna play something that Santorum said on CNN after oh. after the debate was over. I'm sure it'll be insightful and witty and just Motherfucker, are you out of your damn mind? <laughs> make that argument because i think that um you think it's true i, I don't think, think it's true nobody 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 called donald trump a racist before he was president of the united states and no. donald trump and well, donald that's, trump that's, not, that's, not that's not true that's not true central park thing but other than the central excuse me other than the central park thing the central park thing actually is five human beings lives who were sent to prison 
convicted for crimes that yes. they did not commit. And I he refuses. I mean, yes. you know that, right? I don't think he understands, first of all. <laughs> and birtherism with Obama, yeah. not to mention back in the like 70s, the trying to, to, to keep black people out of his properties. Yeah, it, it wasn't just the Central Park thing, as Santorum called it. It was Central Park 5, but it was also he and his father not renting apartments to people of color. Right. And that was a, a documented thing. They This is not like the first time he's ever been called racist. And I hate hated in 2015 when people were saying that all right so by and large the undecided voters who for some reason were in north carolina even though the debate i think was in tennessee yes your home state uh i I told (laughs) you the closest battleground you could get to i think i guess to to tennessee yeah i told you you know you your reputation is on the line you know your (laughs) your state pride i'll be i'll be represented by these undecided idiots thank you yeah yeah well they were less idiotic than the last two sets that, that is a have. low, low bar. It really is, except for this one guy. Okay. Final person right over here. Tell me why you are not ready to cast your vote yet. What are you waiting for? Well, uh, I'm pro-life, so I'd like to see, you know, whether uh, Judge Barrett gets on the court. Um, if she gets on the court, what does that mean? Who will uh, you vote for? I'll probably vote for Biden. You'll vote for Biden if she gets on the court, and why is that? Well, I think that he is a stronger leader who is more willing to support fair elections and uh, lead both parties more back toward the center and away from extremism. So you're saying if the justice you want gets on the court, you no longer have to worry about her not getting on the court, and then you could select Biden. But if she didn't get selected, you might vote for Trump because you want her to get selected. Right, or someone like that. I mean, that sounds confusing, but that's interesting. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. All right. Motherfucker, are you out of your damn mind? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that guy, I mean... Dude, do you not understand how any of this works? Single issue voters are morons. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, absolutely. There are there's more than one fucking issue, and you're wrong on your issue in the first place because every single issue voter I've ever had to deal with personally is abortion. That's their single fucking issue. Typically, right? It's abortion. And pro-life people are not reducing abortions. Pro-life presidents are not reducing abortions. Pro-life judges are not reducing abortions. I object to the term pro-life. I mean, I know exactly. You because it's, it's not pro-life. It's pro-birth. Anti-abortion. That's right. all they are. And again, they're fucking bad at it. They don't reduce abortions. No, they don't. They make them less safe. They they, they actually increase sometimes under their policies because they don't provide this kind of support that people need to make them less likely to need an abortion. Right. Like uh, living wages. Like... Uh, child care expenses somehow covered. If you, most people, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't even be speaking about this because I don't have a uterus. I'm not going to carry a child to term, but the, the data says that most abortions are sought because of other stressors like family stability, mm-hmm. financial stresses, things like that, things that we know how to address. And yet the anti-abortion crowd doesn't want to institute these policies that would actually reduce abortions. And to me, their single issue is just an utter failure. They they vote for those people who are going to never succeed at doing what they claim they want to do. Ultimately, yes, you're right. But when Amy Coney Barrett gets on the court, which is probably going to happen by Monday or Monday by the time this comes out, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> she is very, they're very likely going to decide cases in such a way that anti-abortion people will feel like their interests are being represented. I agree with you that the, the net effect is not doing what, what they want it to, but but that's not the, that's not going to be their takeaway. What they claim they want it to, because really what they want to do is control people to, to act the way they want them to act. 
They want to have a measure of control. Freedom. Yeah, but that's, but yeah, exactly. But that's not what they truly want. They truly want to prevent people from having abortions because they personally disagree with that, usually for religious reasons. And the very notion of it is antithetical to everything else they claim to believe. Yes. And yet that they're going to put these into place. They're going to make it harder for women who are desperately in need of a medical procedure to access it. Man, you know, if I knew that uh, instead of talking about the debate, we would be uh, going on about abortion for 10 minutes, I think I would have just talked about the debate. <laughs> All right. Debate schmabate. Yeah. Abortion schmabortion? Uh, I don't, I don't know. know. 60 Minutes, Judson. The rock star fearless president is Donald J. Trump is going on 60 Minutes. He's already taped the interview. Oh, yeah. Is that tonight or tomorrow night? Tomorrow night, yeah, Saturday tomorrow. night. Uh, as folks yeah. who may have heard last week, we record Saturday nights later than either of us would like to. It's true. But he fearlessly took on Leslie Stahl, and we have, thanks to him, uh, some Are audio. You keep from- playing that motherfucker out of your damn mind drop like over and over throughout this episode? <laughs> Possibly. Motherfucker, <laughs> you out of your damn mind? Let's, this is the audio. I warn you, the audio is really bad here. This is the White House recording. We won't. We by the time this airs, we'll be deep into editing this podcast, and we won't very likely be able to show it. But he thought by scooping CBS and breaking their agreement, which is something Trump is very good at breaking agreements and contracts. You'd think people would figure that out by now. He released the White House recording of their interview, and here's how it starts. Are you ready for some tough questions? You're going to be fair. Are you ju- I'm going to be fair. Just be fair. But last time, I remember you saying to me, bring it on, bring it on. No, no, I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for fairness. That's all. You're going to get fairness. But you're okay with some tough questions. No, I'm not. You're not okay with tough questions. Well, I'm going to be fair. You, you don't ask Biden tough questions. So he's not okay with tough questions. Well, that's clearly been the case for the last four years. We know that, but he just came right out and said it. <laughs> I thought he was fearless, Judson. He assumed that wouldn't be in the interview. And then he went ahead and, and released, he released it. <laughs> <laughs> like you said last week, his brain is broken. His brain is just bad. He thought that releasing that would make CBS look bad and make him look good. Right. It had the opposite effect. I mean, I don't know what his true believers think. I, I, I think they thought that Leslie Stahl was rude and interrupted him. And I didn't think that. And obviously, I'm biased in the other direction. Sure. But when you someone lies constantly and you're a journalist trying to get at the yeah. truth, you need to interrupt someone and try to correct the record. I'd like to think that a neutral third party would agree more with me that... She was doing the job of a journalist and pushing back against what were clearly inaccuracies and lies being told by the, the interview subject. Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the, the final cut of the interview. I'm sure they'll say it's fake news and completely unfair. And Judson, I guess this was another ambush, right? It was absolutely an ambush. Yes. Agreed upon by both parties ahead of time. That is how ambushes work. Yes. I, th- I believe we covered that very well last week. We did. We did. We're just kind of doing like a, a like a, a potpourri of various news, <laughs> a, a, a tasting platter, if you will, of small news stories because we just didn't want to spend all the time on the debate. We can get back to abortion though, if you and want. A lot of things have been happening too. So they have, they have. Uh, it wasn't the most like dramatic news week since we've been back, but a lot of little things. True. Yeah. So one thing that 
a lot of our listeners may or may not know is that Judson and I are kind of computer nerds, uh, video game nerds. Uh, we play a lot of video games. We love video games. That's how we met, as a True. matter of fact. And one thing that happened this week that was really cool to me is that AOC decided she would go on Twitch, which is a video game streaming platform, playing the the, the hotness game that's uh, that's out. <laughs> the current hotness, yeah. Yeah, it's called Among Us, and it's basically a, a secret role game. Um, yeah. Where you, where ten people play, two people are imposters on a spaceship. The other eight are crew. The crew are trying to do tasks, and the two imposters are going around pretending to do tasks, murdering them, pretending to do tasks, <laughs> and murdering the other people. And so each time a body is found or a meeting is called, the group who doesn't know what the uh, their the other people's roles are just have conversations and try to suss out who the imposters are, who the killers suss are. Suss out. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> when be, and people are obviously very suspicious. You know, it's kind of a s- social deduction game, right? Right, yeah. So AOC played this with um, Ilhan Omar was there as well. Yep. And then a bunch of really famous among the streamers. A lot of big streamers. streamers, yeah. Yeah. So I just have a couple clips. So it's much harder to play as imposter because you really... you oh, have super hard. Yeah, yeah, you have to be able to lie. Um, you have to... I got thrown in when I, my very first game was just like AOC's. I got thrown in as an imposter. Yeah, she's like, please, don't. I don't want to be an imposter. I don't want to be an imposter. And, of course, right off the bat, she's an imposter. Very yeah. first game. What you, you, you guys can call me AOC. Mike Pence okay. can't call me AOC, but you guys can. All right. Oh. I can't kill Pokey. She's so nice. Are you safe, ma'am? <laughs> okay, I think I have to do it. <gasps> oh. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Pokey. It was an honor. It was an honor. <laughs> I would also be honored to be killed by AOC and Among Absolutely, Us. please. I thought that was kind of an interesting thing to do because, you know, every politician is kind of, it kind of goes with a job that you're accused of being a liar. So, like, playing a game where you actually have to be good at lying right. is, is kind of an interesting approach. She was not so good at lying. No, it, um, I, she was not a great, she was not great at this game. It was, it was fun to watch her play. Just a couple of other moments real quick. What's it like to just be able to go to the doctor and not be scared about going bankrupt? You say, I have this problem, and then they prescribe you the medicine, and then you just go pick it up, and that's it. And then you go home and you Google how much it would have cost in America, and you cry. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. <sighs> fun game. That's a fun. It's a fun game. It's a fun game. It was fun to watch. Oh, I meant the. I meant the guessing the U.S. healthcare costs was a fun game. <laughs> Sorry, we don't get to play that um, game. Among Us also, it was very entertaining to watch. I I thought Ilhan Omar did an amazing job. She, she was, like, was bloodthirsty. A, oh my god, she was a <laughs> cold blooded killer. I thought it was really cool. Her daughter came into play too later on. Is actually kind of they kind of swapped out. They played yeah. one game together, and then Ilhan Omar left, and then her daughter stayed around to play with these. This is like the perk of being the child of a right. very famous representative you get to play with these um, these streamers like you would never have a chance to do that as a normal person she won i believe i believe she won her game she did yeah well the trump supporters will have none of that in the chat they were trying to bait her all night so trump supporters were in the chat they were yeah no definitely in the chat i saw some stuff flashing through but there were almost five hundred thousand people watching it was the third highest audience for a twitch stream ever right yeah. so you really couldn't see the chat but anyway trump uh supporters also hacked the game there. <laughs> they literally hacked the game uh, two days after the event, and I th- maybe fixed right, now. Right on, right on time, Trump supporters, just as usual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very time, effective. Timing was impeccable. 48 hours afterward. Right. <laughs> Can you hack the election sometime in February next year? <laughs>
Uh, I'm not sure if it's fixed, but it's just, I don't even understand why they would hack it. I mean, it's just a popular game. Yeah. They didn't want her to get all the attention. Very cool way, though, to get out the vote. I mean, that was the intention that she had. Like, Right, yeah, it was to get, get out the young vote. people to the polls. Hopefully it did. Hopefully it did. I thought this week would be a good week to go to a video podcast. Did you? Yeah. Just because of the subject matter that we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it'd be a funny bit if you or I were to stand up in this video <laughs> podcast. You're going to recreate the moment that we're about to talk about. I'm already standing, Tino, so. Oh, dear. Feast your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I cannot see you. Right. Still not Nor video. Nor you me, though I am not yeah. wearing pants. It is rare that I wear pants alone in my house. Why would you? We're in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, we are, the pants are definitely optional right now. Absolutely. I don't live with me and my dogs. feel like masturbating is also optional and strongly discouraged while on Zoom, however. <laughs> so Jeffrey Tubin's who we're talking about. And Jeffrey I also, Tubin. I also had been a big Jeffrey Tubin fan. Um, yeah, I really like his legal analyses. I, I like mean, his legal analysis. I like that he butts heads with Alan Dershowitz and yes. owns him on a regular basis. But what happened to Jeffrey Tubin, Judson? What happened? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. I know what happened. I mean, walk us through the events. The events are he got caught masturbating on a Zoom call for work with a New Yorker. Dude, can you you just jump right to it? You just jump. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Can, can a little I foreplay I, first? I don't, can you can you set it? Why up? should I when he didn't either? <laughs> Just whipped it out. I, so I guess I could lay it out for you how we heard about it. We initially heard that he had exposed himself. They, they were on a Zoom call and he had exposed himself accidentally. And he made an apology that something very embarrassing had happened. And he, he didn't realize that he was on camera. He, he apologized to his wife and, and his co-workers. And then the story got different. <laughs> uh, it wasn't just that he had like not been wearing pants and stood up like Tino may or may not have done several times already. It was that he was actively masturbating on the call with everything just visible. And I don't understand that. That I, I, I just, why? You're at home 24 hours a day right now for most people, right? Right. You're on Zoom calls for maybe a couple of hours? Right. That leaves 22 other hours of the day to masturbate. Surely you could have fit it in then. I, I just don't understand. Unless the risk was part of the... Yeah, maybe. ...sexual excitement? Because it makes no... Like, dude, when I'm on calls... I, I don't turn my camera on. I'm, I'm waiting for work to tell me I have to turn my camera on. Right, sure. I don't even turn my camera on. When I'm on my laptop, every every device has a freaking camera. So I'm always trying to cover up the cameras. And that's what because I'm walking around my house masturbating <laughs> all day long. Okay, I guess that's true per part of the day. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, I walk around with no pants. So, you yeah. know, it's just kind of like I, I, I can't imagine what goes through a person's mind that says, all right, I'm going to multitask here. <laughs> got a work call going on but <sighs> oh that was really interesting a lot of women were talking about the double standard here not just obviously that that would be such a bigger deal if it had happened to them but that like they like they have to like get like their makeup and hair perfect before they will even be seen on a zoom call because of what they're afraid their colleagues might think of them if they were to just show up and here's Tubin not even wearing fucking pants and hey, I'm not wearing pants either, okay? Cut me some slack here. <laughs> One lady's like, I won't even touch my nose because someone might think I'm picking my nose, even if I'm not. Like, I I'm paranoid about doing anything on camera. And Tubin's just like, eh, whatever. It's fine. It'll be interesting to see. Right now, he's not 
currently working for CNN or is it New York Magazine or The New Yorker? New Yorker, I think. Okay. He got let go from, or at least suspended from The New Yorker and he asked, for, suppose, suppose the story is from CNN, he asked for uh, some time to deal with personal matters. <laughs> is he just masturbating again? <laughs> That's what it was. It's like, well, guys, I got busted on a Zoom call. I'm going to take some time off and get this out of my system. <laughs> uh if you guys want to talk about it, I can set up a Zoom meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I All just, right. I, I, maybe, maybe it's a kink, and I don't want to judge kinks, but you know, if that's your kink, then you're not going to be employed very long. In a related story, question mark. <laughs> a related story. Giuliani got into a. Oh a little... my god, Giuliani! Now, warning. <laughs> In order to get your brain around this story, you do need to contemplate the fact that Giuliani was caught on video masturbating, and even just the very notion that Giuliani does masturbate. No, no, uh, stop, stop, stop. Like, he just reaches down where's, there, pulls his pants down. Where is my happy Just place? starts <laughs> jacking it, oh, maybe completely naked uh, on the bed. Oh, Jesus Christ. Maybe calling Trump's name, or his cousin <laughs> that he's married to. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, this is kind of an improvement over his cousin, at least. <laughs> I will say, did you watch the clip in, from Borat? I did watch the clip. What we're talking about is Giuliani was supposedly tricked by Borat. Well, he's definitely tricked by Borat. Absolutely uh, tricked by Borat, yeah. But um, he was caught maybe trying to, thinking he was going to have sex or have a sexual encounter with a, a woman and was reaching in his pants. He certainly was reaching in his pants. It was uh, not a great look. I think at the end of the day... I find it inconclusive. I, yeah, I, I almost wish Borat had let the, the scene play out a little bit longer. Because I don't think anyone was like actively in danger. Yeah, he interrupted at the it way too soon. Yeah, if he had just let it develop a little more, we might have gotten a, a more definitive answer of what was going on there. Yeah, uh, it definitely was not a good look. But I also there's nothing, yeah, nothing that I can say. I, clearly, he sure. was, but he wasn't in that room for laying on a bed with this woman for for funsies. I mean, he asked for her na- her number and her address. I mean, clearly, he was interested. He put his hand on her hip, uh, very yeah. much like Trump and Ivanka. <laughs> oh, God. But. <laughs> So now picture Giuliani naked on a bed masturbating with what, Trump and why, Ivanka why? Why? off in the corner, also completely naked. Why do you do this to us? Doing it. <laughs> well, I, Judson, I don't think we have to do a second segment because everyone stopped listening. <laughs> I think we're done. Yeah. I, I, you have definitely chased off everyone. Well, you're welcome. Wow. I hope they, <laughs> I hope they went to go masturbate. <laughs> but preferably not on Zoom. The Facts and Friends podcast is brought to you by people like you. More and more, corporate America is taking over the podcast scene. Your support helps stave off a complete takeover. Please take a moment to share the podcast with your friends and followers via social media or word of mouth. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for helping out. It really does mean a lot. So, Judson, audience, this is possibly last time you hear our voices before election day 2020 and depending on how that goes maybe the last time ever ever who knows if we get rounded up right away or we get (laughs) like a a grace period i don't know our plan at least we normally record saturday night but our plan is to record next week's show after the election and then so our that show would probably come out thursday friday instead of monday right that's the plan we'll see (laughs) <laughs> you never know what'll happen these days, so. But with the understanding that we're at least not planning to record until after the election, we thought 
let's kind of reflect on where we are 10 days out. Hell, we're in hell, <laughs> you know. What might happen? Where some of the races stand? What maybe some of the closing arguments are? What potential surprises there might be? Sure. And what what awaits us after on and after November 3rd? Whew. So I think the most logical place to start is with voting that's already happened and, and going on. Yeah. What was the number today? I, I didn't check. Earlier today, we were over 53 million, I think. Early votes cast already. I think I saw 56. Could be. Yep. Yeah. So a WAPO article says at least 56 million have voted nationwide, and there are still 10 days until election day. Yep. Now, for the most part, those votes skew Democratic, but generally speaking, Republicans vote in person and day of. Right. Well, they definitely skew very Democratic right now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'd say r- roughly half of the ballots cast so far are from registered Democrats. Okay. Something in that vicinity, with about 25% being Republican and about 25% being unaffiliated. Okay. So, I mean, that's good news for Democrats. That's good news for those of us hoping that Biden wins. It's breaking. It's it's just destroying records, right? Oh, yeah. Crushing records. Especially, there was a really good comparison of younger voters, 18 to 29 block, mm-hmm. are voting in enormously high numbers for early voting. Oh, like, mm-hmm. four... T- oh, whoa. God, I recognize oh, this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> can, can you hear that? Oh, yeah, yeah I can hear that. Oh, <laughs> I was just tubing over here. <laughs> it should be a verb. It, should, it is now. So, uh, but yeah, the 18 to 29 block had like between four and 10 times the turnout in certain states. Wow. Right now, as they had at the same point in 2016 for early voting. So I, there's like, uh, I, literally like one state had like, I can't remember, it was like 5,000 votes in 2016 at this point. Okay. And now they have like over 200,000 from the same demographic. Holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, and, then, and some of that's going to be structural changes in how votes are cast or uh, the, the fact that they're, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so a lot of people are trying to vote early or by mail. And so you're not comparing apples to oranges, but you're also... Or sorry, apples to apples, but you are also seeing just high turnout from people who are motivated to cast a vote for whatever reason. And generally, people aren't motivated because they're in a good mood and things are going well. Right, almost never. Yeah. Anger is a huge motivator. <laughs> But there is also kind of a, a GOP all-out assault on on voting rights. Absolutely, that's one of the biggest places for early voting right now is Texas, where their voting rights are under attack. Texas is where they limited ballot drop-off boxes, and also I believe they drastically limit the number of polling places. But there are a number of states where that happens. Yeah, as well. something like two thousand or or more polling places have been eliminated since twenty sixteen. Right around the country. And a lot of those greatly uh, disproportionately impact likely Democrat vo- Democrat voting uh, areas. Yes. They're mostly in urban areas where they're just significantly bluer uh, by voting record. Other tactics, they, they like purging voter rolls. They, they yep. do that quite a bit. That's a big thing in Georgia. Voter ID laws is another tactic they use. Yep. Barring felons from voting, even when 65% of your population votes to amend the Constitution to allow felons to vote. Hey, Florida, we see you. Hey, what's up, Florida? <laughs> Using some ridiculous uh, notion that, uh, oh, they have to pay their fines to... Yeah, it's a poll, it's a poll tax. It's right. a poll tax. It is. That, that's illegal, turns out. Sure. The pandemic is obviously going to affect voting. Yeah. 
and has already <laughs> right now i think it's motivating voting at this point i mean obviously some people are concerned and are you know we're t- trying to take precautions and vote by mail where they can but given all the fuckery with the mail people have lost a little bit of faith in that as well so a lot of people where they can access early voting uh, it's a bit like flattening the curve for the coronavirus in the first place they're trying to come out if they're able to when the uh, early vote they come out uh, when they can, so that people who aren't able to come out and early vote won't have as long a waits. You voted in person, right? I voted in person early, yep. Okay. And I voted by mail for the first time in my life. Did you track your ballot, make sure it was accepted? I didn't see a way to do that in my state. 45 states do it, so just double check with your board of elections, maybe. One other way uh, that they are trying to affect the vote is by, you know, is Donald Trump claiming that mail-in ballots are lead to massive electoral fraud. Sure. This has been sort of backed up by the Justice Department and other prominent Republicans, basically trying to undermine the legitimacy of the vote, period. Right. And he does it for selfish reasons, so he doesn't look like such an idiot when he loses so badly. But it's having the effect of, as you said, undermining the, the integrity of our elections, or at least the faith in the integrity of our elections. I think it's actually more sinister than that. I don't think so. I think that he knows he can't win by Americans voting. So the only way to win is in the courts. Do you think he knows that? Do you think he accepts that? I do, actually. Okay. Now, I just saw a story today that he was telling donors that they're going to lose the Senate. There's no scenario where he wi- where he lo- where we- they lose the Senate and they don't also lose the White House. I can't There's see that. There's no happening. scenario whatsoever. Yeah. So, so he Now, he may not understand that, but... <laughs> Um, his brain is broken and all. His brain is bad. But is it just me or does it seem like the Supreme Court is ruling on a lot more emergency voting cases than usual? Uh, it's not just you. It's because Republicans keep trying to prevent people from accessing the ballots. Right. So there have been 11 election related cases filed as emergency appeals since April. Okay. Republican interests won in eight of them. That's not good. And most recently in Pennsylvania, uh, they basically didn't want them to count a number of absentee and mail-in slash mail-in ballots that were received, regardless of postmark, received after November 3rd. The Supreme Court, by a four to four decision, which means the lower court decision kicks in. The yeah, lower court rules, but there's no precedent right. set. Yeah. Um, but it was a four to four decision. And Judson, what did we say is happening? Before this podcast comes out, <sighs> it'll be a five to four decision. That's right. With three pretty big cases that are making their way to the Supreme Court. Well, they've court. refiled that one. Did they really? They have. Yeah. I just saw that today. They've refiled that case uh, in the hopes that it will be fielded by a nine person Supreme Court. See, that that should be against the law. Agreed. It was decided. It was. They, they got their answer. No, we're not going to change the lower court's ruling. They did this with abortion after Kavanaugh got on. Yep. And it's one of the reasons Roberts threw it. Was it the Louisiana case that followed the Texas case? Yeah. Let's talk about abortion again, Judson. That's, <laughs> that's what everybody really wants Those to are hear. the ones that were Welcome trying to, to the set- Abortion and Friends podcast. <laughs> Those are the ones trying to set restrictions on, on medical facilities that can provide abortions. Right. right. Yeah. So they, they basically put forth the ex- almost the exact same case in a different state. And it was one right. of the reasons that Roberts sided with the than four liberals but that seems to me like th- there should be uh, a cool down timer if you yeah <laughs> to put it in gaming terms yeah yeah i don't i don't know the details on how they were able to refile that uh, i just saw that i just saw the note they had already done so so don't hold your breath pennsylvania your votes probably won't count well no get your fucking ballot in early yeah you gotta vote now get it in now get it in now so they can't if you haven't voted they yet will, they will do anything they can 
to disenfranchise you if they think that you're going to vote against them. Absolutely. And so you have to do everything you can to make sure they fucking can't. Agreed. So the Senate races, those are also going nuts. And and you know what? If we win the presidency, that's really just one step. Right. Um, we have to take we have to take everything. We have the to Senate has all. already said not that there's going to necessarily be a Supreme Court vacancy in a potential Biden first term. Right. But the GOP in the Senate, the Republicans in the Senate, I should say, have said pretty much or signaled at least that they don't intend on allowing a Democratic president to nominate a Supreme Court justice if they control the Senate. Right. They were going to do the same thing for Clinton had she won. They were going right. to hold it. To, Ted Cruz said that he would, they would hold it to eight. There's no reason that we have to seat this justice. We'll just leave, you know, eight seats in the court. Right. So we have to win the Senate. And I think it's pretty, sh- I'm pretty sure, Judson, if we do win the Senate and the presidency, and we're almost certain to win the House again, right? we will only have it for two years because people are stupid and reactionary. Probably, yeah. But here's where the 538 podcast sort of said that they think the three uh, races stand, that being the presidency, the Senate, and the House. Okay. The split for the presidential race is still 87% chance that Biden wins, 12 or 13% chance that Trump wins. Democrats have a 74% chance of gaining control of the Senate and a 96% chance of maintaining control of the House. Okay. Those numbers look really good. Those numbers do look pretty good, yeah. But polling was wrong in 2016. Somewhat. It wasn't as wrong as people like to think. There were a few states where it was a bit off, yeah. But it wasn't so bad that, like, this was... People who who read 538's blog last time around were aware that this was not a done deal. And it still isn't. Yeah, of course not. 83% chance or 87% chance is not 100%. That's not how percentages work. And that pollster, Robert Cahaley, I think his name is, he works for the Trafalgar Group. Oh, Trafalgar. Good God. Yeah. he's the He, he was the one who was barking before the 2016 election that you're undercounting Trump voters. He was one of the ones, for sure. Yeah. His theory is that the Trump voters are shy voters, that because... Yeah, they're super shy. You can tell by the way they yell at you <laughs> for wearing a mask in the supermarket. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> His theory has some holes in it, but... Um, <laughs> Trump did end up uh, winning. Trump did end up winning, but he wasn't the only one who called it that way. There have been other some other people who who also saw a Trump win coming, and I'm blanking on the guy's name right now, but I have a bookmarked page downstairs at my uh, main computer to go look at and read or watch a video that he uh, has. Well, this guy uh, says it's going to happen again. Right. Well, this other guy says the opposite. Well, most people say the opposite. Well, but this other guy also called 2016 correctly. That's what, that's what I'm saying. So just like Trafalgar Group called 2016, this other guy also did, and he says that Trump is not going to win this time around. So we have a, a yeah, difference of opinion here. It seems like pollsters weighted their models a little bit to take into account shy Trump voters. Absolutely. There were some changes made to the models from 2016 to account for. I think that most of the ones they're talking about have been educational weights, yes. weighted, uh, the education of voters yes. differently because of how some voters were undercounted or weren't obviously surprised in some places like Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. So we'll see, I guess. I mean, I can't tell you that they got it all right. I can tell you they weren't as wrong. Popular opinion has them in 2016. Yeah. It's 70,000 votes in three states. Right. The, the, the overall popular national vote was actually very accurate. It's pretty close. Yeah. Yes. The problem is the distribution of those votes was unfortunate for um, everyone else <laughs> right and 538's projections are not based on national polls 
period. No, like, exactly. They, they weight the states and they, right. they do a, they do a lot of very complicated math with voting histories and how the states vote and what's you know basically if there's a a lean in Michigan it will it will affect votes in Ohio and Pennsylvania and other states along that Rust Belt area that some tend to vote together. There's a lot of math involved and it's way above my pay grade. Wait, what? You're getting paid? <laughs> But they have had some pretty significant successes in terms of forecasting. So I, I tend to think that if they're not exactly right, they're at least in the ballpark. So let's run with this a little bit. Or do you need a masturbation break? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm okay, good. I, 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 I went before. so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So talk to me. Like what, what do you, what in your heart of hearts or your mind of minds or a combination of both, what do you think is going to happen? What do I think or what do I hope? You can tell me what you hope and what you think. <laughs> I want a blue landslide that is undeniable that, you know, we know like election night polls close and we're like, yep, this is a done deal. Trump has lost. There's no way he's, he's losing Florida. He lost North Carolina. He lost all these states that he won last time around and he cannot afford to lose this time. So that's what I want. What do you think is going to happen? I don't know. I think it's going to be close. I, th- I think he's going to lose barring challenges in the court that I have no idea how they would play out. I think he's going to lose. And potentially, even with even with the stolen uh, Supreme Court seat, I think I think you'll see Gorsuch and Roberts side with the liberals if it's just obvious that they're trying to negate the election entirely. I have I no think, doubt Roberts will side with the liberals. I am less sure about Gorsuch. Yeah, I th- but I think you'll also see Gorsuch come around on that. It, it's I think he's more of an institutionalist than the others are, given some of his previous. It's at least one previous siding with the liberals. I think that there's a possibility anyway that he does something that is for the good of the country and and shuts down any illegal challenges to this. So the scenario that I've heard a few times in different places is that the, pl- the likely plan is Trump will be ahead in certain states on the night of the election before all the votes have been counted. Sure. And then he will declare victory. Right. And a lot of news c- groups are trying to a lot of people are trying to like sound the, the the alarm on that and be like, you can't do that. This is not how voting works. But Trump is, uh, there's no such thing as norms well, with course, Trump. Right. But what I'm saying is they're trying to like set the stage and say, you know, all the votes aren't coming in, uh, won't be counted on election night, that this is a more of an election week or an election month. And it takes time to count all these votes that come in. So I think they're trying to head that off at the pass. We'll see if it's successful or not. But don't you think his whole campaign to undermine the legitimacy of the election is a sort of nod to the fact or a a tell that he doesn't think he can win? I mean, his internal polls have to... Like, even Fox News polls show him losing at this point. Right. He'll do whatever it takes. Like, his internal polls have to show it, too. He has to stay in office or he will face criminal charges. So he'll do whatever it, he, he can, whatever is necessary. I, right. Didn't I, they, no doubt. Didn't his campaign campaign lawyers reach out to legislatures of, of t- like 29 different states, like Republican legislatures? Yeah, to, they essentially want them to, to invalidate their state elections and simply pick their electors themselves. Irrespective of what the popular yeah. vote in their states was. Correct. And from what I've read, there's nothing legally preventing them from doing it. There, there's some dicey areas, but really it's more politics that would be preventing them from doing it because they... They may suffer politically, but they may suffer like physically, I think, if they try to do some of those things. I think there's been a pattern of the right in particular saying, let's do this now, even though it's completely unethical and against the rules and maybe just outright cheating. And we'll worry about the repercussions later. I mean, Merrick Garland's a great example of that, right? Sure. Some of these executive orders, like 
let's do them. They'll have impact. And by the time that catches up, it'll be too late. Right. Right. So, I mean, I worry that they, they, they aren't so concerned about the fallout. Listen, I am deeply concerned that Trump is going to be awarded a second term. Sure. I, I actually have almost no doubt that he is going to lose at the polls, not just popularly, but electorally as well. Like I, I'm, I'm nearly positive of that. There's just no way. I mean, looking at everything, I don't see it yet. There's just, and there's just so much energy against him right now. They like to claim that there's a, an enthusiasm gap that Biden's and voters aren't as enthusiastic. You know, they're not as enthusiastic about voting for Biden, but they're really enthusiastic about voting against him. Right. But you know what's worse than Trump winning the the vote and getting a second term is Trump not winning the vote stealing it and getting yeah. a second term absolutely and so I'm terrified of that that's the way of violence I mean there's no way around it I think there's going to be violence regardless I, I also agree we have discussed this before I, I agree there's right one hundred people are going to die this election season and it's, it's right nothing it's, the question is how many just to be clear this is not us threatening anyone no 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 this no, no. is the reality of the situation we are so polarized the president is with his rhetoric has already caused a, the, the possibility of a, a governor being abducted and murdered murdered right and his rhetoric hasn't changed wasn't there a guy who a 19 year old kid who <laughs> yeah yeah in north carolina actually so i am this kid was going to kill biden right uh yeah he's, he had like a a van full of guns and explosives and he had mused about killing biden trump supporter right you know i'm not sure so <laughs> i mean clearly not a biden fan he said though at some point he was like he had to save bernie what but also he's super racist and so Mm. it's hard to say where he falls in the political spectrum but given all the things he said i I think i i I didn't want to do this but i think i'm going to declare victor on my prediction wait hold hold on hold on hold on hold on i just heard what you said yeah and i'm i'm trying so i know we're talking about this guy who maybe liked bernie but wanted to kill biden and super racist so probably leans a little trump where's the victory in that for you is my question so so the victory in that for me is i think this is the 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 kind of guy who is at least q adjacent with QAnon. okay and he was busted with child porn oh boy so i believe i made a prediction that you would here's the claim you made last week You're going to see people arrested for like child pornography and things like that, and they're going to end up being QAnon supporters, not members of the DNC. Mark it here, folks. <laughs> Episode three of the Facts and Friends podcast, <laughs> about 20-some minutes in, Judson has made a call. <laughs> okay, okay, well, here we are. Episode four. So- and I, I think preliminarily I'm going to declare victory. I, I really want to actually get this guy like, like go. He's only like being held like a couple hours away from me. And I feel like I should like okay. go interview him and be just like figure out if he's actually a QAnon guy. Are you inceptioning me? <laughs> I am not. What, what, what? Are you like, you're going to declare victory early, just like Trump would. <laughs> and preliminarily. <laughs> yes. Run out the clock. <laughs> huh, Judson. <laughs> How many people do you think are going to die? I, it, it kind of depends on the scenario, don't you think? I mean, yeah, if, definitely. If a blue, I think people are going to die in a blue landslide. I think Trump, you know, is declared the loser on election night. There will be violence in on his behalf, and people will be killed. I think conversely, if Trump steals the election, there will be violence, and and people will will be killed. But I don't, 
I don't know how to gauge that and and until we know kind of what how it all plays out. Yeah. Well, we're not going to jinx it, but I'm I one one topic that I think would be really interesting to think out loud about is what does a post Trump America look like anymore? Yeah. Because so much of the damage is permanent. Right. No, it is. I mean, a, a good bit of it can be fixed, but so much of it is permanent. And what is that? What does that look like? Where do we go? We had so many structural problems with this country before Trump broke everything. Right. Uh, so it, it's just pointed out how glaring some of the flaws are. And if the Democrats, if they are able to to win this election, they have a lot of work to do in a very short amount of time, as we just said, uh, or. Uh, or I don't know. I don't. I don't know what happens after that. And I don't care because I'll be in fucking New Zealand. <laughs> you know, I think we are like most people in the country. We're worried about this election, and I think people on both sides are worried about it. I don't remember where I read it, but basically, this election might be the last election where our vote matters. It's possible if it doesn't go the right it goes way. Goes the wrong way, yeah. Even though I can't stand the candidate that I'm vote that I voted for, I've already voted as well. Um. This is the most important vote that I've ever cast. And I live in a blue state, so, you know. Yeah, I, I don't, so. Right. No, your vote's more important than mine. Yeah. But no, I'm I am really nervous, and I'm sure we're going to be hanging out on November 3rd. I don't think that we will know on November 3rd. I really, really don't think there's any way we will know. I, it, it would take a big, a big turnout, a big landslide in Biden's favor for us to know. Yeah, I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I think those, those days and perhaps weeks after November 3rd are going to be even more difficult than these have been. Yeah, I would agree. And that, you know, we may, if the worst case scenario plays out and the Supreme Court gives Trump victory when he clearly didn't uh, win. Um, I, I, I don't see how we come back from that. We don't. Yeah. I think that's the end. Of, that's the end of the line for yep. the United States of America, as you know it, and beginning of the line of, whatever Some comes sort next. of dictatorship yeah yeah yep so well it's so, uplifting happy, happy monday everyone <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe if we could throw in like an, a, a palate cleanser here um maybe abortion <laughs> Hey, FNFers, Judson here. Tino and I are always looking to interact more with our fantastic audience. If you have questions, ideas, complaints, or just need a friend, you can reach out to us at factsandfriends at gmail.com. That's facts, the letter N, friends at gmail. And if you want to make a more intimate connection, I'm on Twitter at the fault in my arse. Again, the fault, the letter N, my arse. And you can find Tino at Uncle Tortilla. We can't wait to hear from you. Well, we are coming up on everyone's favorite part of our show, Judson. What's what? The end. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That tracks. And we thought it might be fun to both resurrect a segment from our previous show. Uh, not the one last week, but the one we used to do. Are we cooking with Tino? We're not cooking oh. with Tino. No, oh, okay. And we also, in the process, will revisit a long lost friend. Oh, okay. It doesn't even make sense to me anymore. <laughs> Is it Lindsey Graham? Did you see Lindsey Graham like weirdly, uh, Lou Dobbs weirdly attacked Lindsey Graham? I did see that. Listen yeah. to this. Well, just to be clear, I don't know why anyone in the great state of South Carolina would ever vote for Lindsey Graham. 
Uh, it, it's just outrageous. This is the guy who I keeps find myself weirdly agreeing with Lou Dobbs. He said he was going to get to the bottom, it'll stop. The bottom of it'll Obama stop, Gate. And this is what, by the way, Donald Trump said of Senator Lindsey Graham back in 2016 while he was campaigning for the presidency in South Carolina. I believe the the president's words about the senator then apply today. He said, I think Lindsey Graham is a disgrace, and I think you have one of the worst representatives of any representative in the United States. Wait, are are we now agreeing with Lou Dobbs and Donald Trump? I really don't. (laughs) He's one of the dumbest human beings I've ever seen. The guy (laughs) is a nut job. Remember, every accusation is an admission. Uh, I just feel really dirty, though. I agree with Lou Dobbs and Donald Trump in the space of just a few seconds. We, we agree that Lindsey Graham shouldn't be reelected. Right. But we don't agree with the reasons. We agree for totally different reasons. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, sorry. We got a little sidetracked. We're trying to end the show here. Yeah. Jesus, so, yeah. Judson. Quit getting me off. Lindsey Graham. Sorry. No, we're not talking about Lindsey Graham. <laughs> we're, doing the, we're doing a little housekeeping before we revisit an old friend. Whatever that means. I don't even know what that means. I don't know why I wrote it in the show notes, but... We are definitely doing. A there se- better be an old friend. I, if you if you if you try to sell me on an old friend, there isn't an old friend here. I'm going to be very upset. You know, <laughs> there may not be an old friend. I'm warning. I'm just warning you. <laughs> okay, well, we're still getting this new show off the ground, and we could really use your help in doing so. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show and do leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Write something there. We'll read it on the air. We have no anything you want. We'll read anything, a- almost anything. <laughs> Well, what you're about to hear oh we forgot no one everyone stopped listening in the first segment that's <laughs> true it's just you and me left yeah, buddy. Right. well what you're about to hear judson will convince you <laughs> that we will put anything on the air oh well i already know that though right. before that preaching to the choir here and most importantly tell your friends about the show encourage them to also subscribe and download you guys can talk about the- tell, tell your enemies not just friends enemies tell, tell everyone you would be smart to tell your enemies because i mean that's a win-win it really is we get the download and your yeah. enemies have to, have listen, to listen to us to yeah that's I, I think that's a punishment fits the crime hey and here's another way you can support us you can retweet our episode announcements announcements on twitter our twitter account is at facts and friends we usually tweet out when a new episode comes out uh you can also follow us on facts and friends on facebook and when you do, you can share our episode posts on Facebook. That would also really help. There are a few people that do that, and it's very helpful just to get the word out that we're doing this show, and we hope that you like it and would uh, would share it with uh, like-minded friends or... Not like-minded friends, yeah. Unlike-minded enemies. <laughs> I hope Dad's listening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if you do have Trump-supporting friends on Facebook, and you tag them in a comment of one of our episode posts, we get the traffic, and you might get some of that uh, friends list also, cleaned up. We're super good at insulting people, so if you you know want to outsource that job to us, like oh you- yeah, Judson lives <laughs> to fight with people on Facebook. He lives for it, so you he would probably masturbate while he's doing it. Actually, <laughs> that's an extra fee. Anyway, all those things would really help us grow our audience and keep this show on the air. So thank you in advance. Uh, individually, you can reach me on Twitter at Uncle Tortilla Judson. Where can they find you? I am. At the fault and my arse. Still there. The fault, the letter N, my the, arse. The, yes, the letter N, my arse. Okay, well, it's time, Judson. That's... Uh, I'm... Okay, I'm ready. I'm already regretting doing this. <laughs> Tito's Gay Corner. Oh! Yes! Tito's Gay Corner.
Excellent. I just gotta, I just gotta own it. I gotta dive in and and not let the audience hear how tentative I am about the story that I'm about to share with everyone. I'm very curious. So Judson. Yes. Do you remember a website that we used to sometimes refer to, um, <laughs> or, or, or research on? Wait, in in this particular segment? No, in our old show. Yeah, but yeah, but for this segment, the the, the Tino's Gay Corner it segment. Often did actually lean on this website i do believe i recall that uh, particular website the website is called straightupgayporn.com that, that's the one yeah <laughs> and um they do a lot of reporting on gay porn as <laughs> the name suggests fortunately for them because otherwise they would have some very confused readers <laughs> well um <laughs> it is still a practice of mine as I'm composing the show notes to visit straight up gay porn. <laughs> Even though no I thought we saved that for the middle of Zoom calls now. <laughs> this story tickled my fancy and I thought I'd share it with you. So one of the things they cover is what's going on in gay porn. Apparently there's this site called Fraternity X. That can't be a good sign. <laughs> well, it is almost exclusively filthy frat people in filthy frat rooms gangbanging one guy oh like every video is that okay and a lot of times it's not consensual so i I, oh that's not fun it's not fun i think that that's a thing in porn though right oh sure sure okay so not really not consensual i gotcha no not really not consensual just pretending to be not consensual got it got it because people get off on that some people enjoy that we're we're not going to judge kinks. But apparently they've done a lot of Trump themed gangbangs. One was Trump themed gangbangs. Yeah, it was like dudes gangbanging a dude uh-huh. and yelling like Trump 2020 make America great again. Wow. Yeah, I don't What I a do- way to kill the mood, dude. <laughs> I don't understand what segment of the audience finds that sexy but they just released a new one where a racist trump supporter gets gangbanged bareback by biden supporting frat brothers (laughs) riding with biden (laughs) (laughs) and i thought i'd play a little sound from it oh good (laughs) is this really what we're doing maybe (laughs) okay your kids are asleep, right? They are. They are asleep. <laughs> and your headphones are... Yeah, headphones. We're okay. good. I love you, Donald J. Trump. Marry me someday. Just you like sucking Trump's cock, so why don't you suck ours? Just face good. fucking a Trump supporter. Feels good. Yeah? Right. Feels like I'm taking the liberation. <laughs> Biden 2020, bitch. Right. Biden 2020, bitch. There we go. Black lives matter. The only white thing that matters today is your mouth and hole. Fuck Trump. Fuck Trump. We're going to make white hole loose again. That's what we're going to fucking do, boys. You still think all lives matter? <laughs> I find that hilarious. I mean... Yeah, but like, I don't understand that kind of porn, I guess. It's not for me. Okay. Are you saying you're voting for Trump? No, no, I just don't. Are you more of a Marianne Williams? (laughs) Williamson? uh... I may not get an erection for a week at this point (laughs) after listening to that. So I just. If you're editing the first segment of this show, it might be a lot longer than a week. (laughs) That's true. It just, you know, I just. I don't get it, but hey, it was amusing. <laughs> That's Tina's Gay Corner, folks. Uh, 
for the first time on the Facts and Friends podcast, and very likely the last time. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. We will see you after the election, most likely, unless something crazy happens. Uh, well, I mean, crazy on a on a scale. I mean, come on. Right. Yeah. No. It has it's going to be, be nonstop crazy from here. It to has to be January. Ultra uber crazy. Yeah. It has to be yeah. crazy for Trump. You'll you'll know it if you see it. You'll know. Like when that story breaks, you're like I guess we're going to be in a podcast this week. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's not going to be late. That's what, that's exactly what I'm going to tell Tino too when I read that story. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a direct message like, "Hey, I guess we're recording on Saturday." <laughs> yep. Well, folks, like we said, please go vote if you haven't voted already, and uh, please vote for the right person. We will uh, we will see you after the election. We'll be here. Good luck. Everyone, take care. You still think all eyes matter? Yeah, sorry. <laughs>